Welcome to the first Patreon uh, podcast. This is a continuation from the awesome conversation I was just having with Don over on the YouTube and all that. And as you know, if you are a Patreon member and you're part of this, you're part of something special that we're doing here because Don is going to share important training tips that you don't just get off of uh, anybody doing a podcast, right? You don't get it off of just, you don't learn it just from watching Instagram videos. You need to hear from experienced trainers, people that know how to explain something. So what we were talking about in, in the free portion of the podcast was how to prepare for the uh, competition swings that they do in the vintage strength games, or depending on wherever you are in the world, there's different competitions. There's competitions worldwide. They all run them pretty much loosey goosey, the same style, same, same way. So this is universal. So Don, tell us how to train for vintage strength games. Okay. So if you, let's just say you're doing, you're doing a 360 or 10 we're going to talk mace first because there's also clubs involved and pretty much the training is the same. And for anybody who wants to take notes, you know, so take notes seriously write it down you know get a get a pen and paper yep and you can write down this stuff and it's pretty simple and a lot of people contact me and i send this email out at least three times a week <laughs> i've got it set on a on a format and i i send it out people will ask me how to train to get their mace swings up and stuff like that well first of all if you're if you're training with your mace and you want to get to you know like a good what was the weight that you came in at? So you, you trained, what'd you do? 22 and a half? 25. You do 25. All right. So let's say, let's say you've got a, you've got a 15 pound swing. Now you, you're look, we're looking at um, the end of April, beginning of May, somewhere around that time. Um, Mike Betts, Puerco Fuerte, if anybody knows him, he's having a competition at, for the Texas strength games out in uh, Texas. So, you know, he's going to have information being put up about that soon. But let's say you got you you got a 15 pound mason. You want to you want to train up and you first of all, you're going to have to have access to more weight. But you can start with one weight. So let's say all you got is a 15 pounder. And I'm not saying this is the way to train just for that. But I'm just saying use what you got. So you, you're going to be doing either a five-minute or a 10-minute flight. Most novice people will do a five-minute flight. So there's two, there's two things. You're either going to be doing, you know, five or 10-minute time, just like kettlebells. The mace can't touch the ground. So you have to be able to shoulder the mace or you can hold it with both hands. You know, some people rest it against their forehead. Some people put it on their shoulder. As long as it doesn't touch the ground, you're okay. You can't drop it. There's no, you know, if you fumble it, you're done. So with that being said, a lot of people, most people don't have a five-minute swing. I train our people at, at uh, the classes that I hold to do a six-minute flight. So everybody's got an extra minute of gas in the tank. So you want to base everything on six minutes. If I say five minutes during this time that I'm talking about it, it's really mean in six. Okay, the actual flight will be five minutes, but I'll train you for six minutes. So the first thing that you do, if you don't really have a distance swing like that, say maybe you swung for like a minute or two minutes and, it, you know, like you're like, wow, that's a lot. You start by doing a minute on and a minute off, and you're going to do that for six sets. 
And you're going to train that twice a week. And the next week, you're going to do a minute and 15 seconds on and 45 seconds off. And you're going to train that twice that week. And then the next week, you're going to do a minute and 30 on with only 30 seconds off until you have a six minute unbroken set. You're going to be down to 15 second rests. I see how that works. So as you add time, you de- you take increase the time, time. and it, it all meets in the middle at the six minute mark. And you use this. Yes. And you That's use excellent. the same weight. Don't change your weight. Don't go lighter or heavy. Don't go in there and go, oh, well, I didn't eat enough today. So I'm going to use a little five pounds lighter. No, you got to keep using the same weight. You got to get used to doing that. That's what you're building it for. Right. When you get to that six minutes, that's when you have to say to yourself, do I want to go up and wait? What are the other people in my category doing? You know, you look at the men's, the women's, or the juniors, wherever you're doing it, and you're checking to see what weight division and what they're swinging. And you want to start counting your reps. Now, when you get to that point, let's just say you do feel comfortable that you want to go into a competition and you want to do just say 20 pounds for your first competition. So how do you get to the 20 pounds, you know, like doing the 20 pounds at a substantial rate to have a good count for that, for your five minute flight, but your six minute practice time. So you set a metronome and you could go on YouTube and you could just play a metronome and it's just going to go and you swing on those beats Start at 32 BPMs. Now, again, you're still, you can do this while you're doing your initial, you know, when you start a minute on, a minute off, you can put the metronome on there. And the reason for doing this is you're going to establish a cruising speed. There's a whole bunch of stuff to this. So you're going to have your cruising speed, which is that's how you're going to run your whole competition. Like that's where you want to run to be able to get a decent score at the end. But then you're going to have to be able to sprint if the other athletes are going ahead from you. If they, you know, if you're only pulling, let's just say 30, 30 reps per minute and they're hitting 38, you're going to want to catch up. So we train for doing sprints, and I'll get into that in a second, but let's get the metronome set up. So if you're a, if you're a beginner, beginner, start at like 32 beats per minute. If you've got some time training with a mason you got some endurance go to anywhere between 34 and 38 and try to keep up with that but use that even while you're doing your your increased work set decreased rest time for that six to get to that six minute set you can set the metronome to work there or if you once you establish the weight and you got enough time before the competition, you can start working on your metronome training to develop your cadence of your swing. You know what your cruising speed is. In other words, that's the that's the where you're going to work. That's the weight you the speed you're going to work out at most of the time. What you're going to train at most of the time. Keep your conditioning up most of the time. You're going to want to go better. So now to build your sprinting up, you've got this beautiful six minute set now, right? You go back to your minute on, a minute off, and uh, in that minute on and minute off now, now you're going to swing on your on your metronome, the doot, 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 at, at your count, at your cruising speed, whether it's 32, 34, 36 BPMs, 
but you're going to want to take 30 seconds of that time and just go all out. So you're going to set your timer at 30 seconds to go beep to let you just start ripping and try to do it as fast as you can. And then, you know, keep track of what your reps were prior to the 30 seconds, if you're on track on your BPMs, and then what your sprint is. And you're going to want to increase your work time for your cruising speed. So that means now this is how your sprint builds up. You do your sprint training with your cruising speed on. So let's say, say you got that six minute flight now. You might want to train for five minutes and 30 seconds of just doing your metronome. And then the last, the last 30 seconds of it, tear ass on it. Just go nuts and try to get like up to six reps more, you know, of, you know, in that 30 seconds, in that 30 second sprint time. Right. And then you take a rest. Now you could also do it if you want to do it a minute on and you know where you're working 30 seconds doing your cruising speed or your coasting speed let's say let's call it you know either one of them and then your 30 second sprint speed and then work up to a minute and a half where you're doing a minute of your cruising speed and then 30 second sprint and then work up to two minutes a minute and 30 seconds of your cruising speed and 30 seconds of sprint. You always want to do your sprint training at the end of the distance to what you started with the cruising speed. So you can establish that cruising speed and get into it. Once you get to where you're comfortable with that speed, now you go back again and you start all over. Now you're going to have a two minute set because you already got this endurance built up. And in this time, when you're getting to this area, now you can start adding you know, grabbing a little bit heavier of a mace now and seeing what you're getting and working up to that. And then mason club training is always is progressive regression. Every time you go ahead, you so like if you're up in the weight, you have to alter your form slightly to accommodate the new weight. You're not altering the form, but you're going to reestablish. You're going to learn how to swing with each weight, in other words. So it's a, you know, you have to relearn how to do it. So if you're really good at swinging a 20 pound mace and you go up to 25 pounds, it's going to be a different animal. Yeah. You'll be able to swing it. Can you swing it as fast? Probably not. Yeah. Are your swings going to be as good? Probably not. You're going to have some technique to work on there. So you always have this constant learning process, which is really good. It's good for development. So, so now we establish that we've got the, the cruising speed and we're interjecting these sprints in there at the end. Now you want to be able to, as a, as a Mace athlete, get back into your cruising speed again, coming out of the sprint, because depending upon where you want to do your sprint, some people do it right out of the, you know, as soon as the buzzer hits, they, they knock off, you know, a minute as fast as they can and then go into their cruising um, some people like to bluff. I don't know if you've noticed that, but people will start huffing and puffing when they have no reason to be the other athletes hear it. And they're like, Oh my, it takes like three reps for them to figure out where they're going. I've done this enough that I, I know, you know, like I've been in enough competitions that I actually do this crap. And I actually teach it this crap. I say this nugget of information. It's not crap. It's not a nugget. It's a nugget of information 
So like when you're on a platform and like, all right, so I got Wong next to me and I know, I know he's athletically superior than me. Plus he's got like 38 pounds on me or something like that. Right. So he's just bigger to start with. Yeah. So I got to take him down at the knees. So what do I do to run Wong out? I can run the same weight as him and I'll be able to compete with it. But am I going to get the same reps? He's probably going to have a little easier time hitting that 180 mark than I am. So what I'm going to do is like, because, I, you know, the athletes can see the counters of what the other athletes are doing and what, how much time you have. You can see everybody else's progression as you're going. So it's not, a, you know, like a guess. You can actually calculate it out. So like, so maybe in the first minute, I might start going <sighs> like double breathing. And Scott's not going to turn and look at me. You know what I'm saying? Because he's focused on his mace swinging and nothing else exists for that five minutes. You know, the building could be falling down around you and you're still swinging, but he's going to hear me huffing and puffing. He's going to start to sprint. I could force him into a second sprint again when I actually start sprinting near the end of my, I do my sprints near the end of my flight, pull out of it and go back into my cruising speed for let's say the last minute, last 45 seconds. So if anybody's taxed prior to that, they're going to have a real hard time of keeping up with me. Now, if they came out swinging hard and they're going to base, you know, like I just got to maintain this rep, you know, for going along, you know, my cruising speed, I got to keep that up. That's a harder job for them than trying. But you also don't want to fall too far behind where you have a massive amount to catch up on and you're going to be sprinting for a whole minute to try to make up 10 or 12 reps. And okay. that'll, you know, that you have to do at the exact end. So you have these strategic places where you have to feel comfortable doing. I usually, if I'm going to do a sprint, I'm going to do it like in the last minute of, of the flight. Now, don't forget, we were training for six minutes. So I've got an extra minute of training in my tank. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. You know, you know, when you get to the platform, your whole brain just, you know. Oh, yeah. Goes, it's, uh, you it's, know? But I could tell you that when I hit my last minute and I s sprinted and I'm making quote marks because it was not a sprint. I had you just thought it was. <laughs> it felt like it was, but I didn't move any faster because I didn't train this way. Yeah. And I was already by like two and a half minutes. I was like, I was like, we still only halfway. And I was ready to <laughs> throw the mace and run out the door. So um, if I had trained like this, I probably would have been able to pick up my pace a little bit. So th that's really good information. Yeah. So like, you know, so like if you figure out where you can put your your sprint in, you know, once you establish it. So now 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 you just did like the programming I laid out. So like if you do. If you do your build up to the five to the, to the six minute flight and then your next series of workout, your next periodization, you know, your next uh, block of workout is to find out where you're you, to build up your sprint, you know, going in and out of the sprint. So you want to go into the sprint. And then if you're a little bit comfortable with doing that, you can start coming out of the sprint. So you so let's say you train for two minutes now because you got a six minute block. You're training for two minutes and then you could rest. So you've already built up a solid, a solid six minute, you know, unbroken flight. You go back and start training two minutes, you train a minute on, you do 30 seconds of sprint and then pull out of that 30 seconds of sprint and go back to the metronome. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know what it feels like when you come out of the sprint, just in case 
you're not sprinting near the end. You're the type of person that wants to sprint in the beginning and just demolish everybody, get a head start, okay. and then you could cruise. You got your lead and you can maintain your lead. So you have to learn how to come out of the sprint and get back to where your cruising speed is because if you try to maintain the sprint, you're just going to gas out. Yeah. And then you're going to wonder why at four minutes and 30 seconds, you're getting bad swings in your last, you know, your last, uh, you know, eight swings are like just dog do. Yeah. You know, like you're going to be like, what the heck? It's all over the place. You have to let, so basically what you're doing is you want to replicate the perfect rep. It's like a race car driver. They find the groove around the track and then they want to replicate it 400 more times. Right. You know, until the end of the Daytona 500s over, whatever it is. Right. So that's what they're doing. They find that groove and they want to go to you want to find that groove where your swing is perfect. Your hands yeah. are coming to the right spot. You're deep enough in the back. You're comfortable with that. You can get into a sprint and then get back out and replicate exactly what you did before the sprint. Yeah, that was um, a big deal for me, too, because I probably uh, registered 142 or 152 swings. When everybody else was like closer to 200 or over, I believe. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes sense, right? You got gas, right? Well, no, but I'm saying everybody was hitting about 200, like, yeah. right? For five yeah, so minutes. You, yeah, so I was, I was at like 142, 152, but I probably actually had 182 or 190 swings, but they didn't count because I didn't pull it into the right. I didn't pull it in by my shoulder. I was outside too far. And that's because I was sloppy. That's, and, oh, that's what we have to talk about. Right. And those swings, every time I had a sloppy swing and I didn't see the the, the ticker move, that killed, it killed me. I was yep. like, and I could feel my hands hurting. And I'm like, oh, shit, if that happens again, oh, it just happened again. Oh, shit, if that happens again, oh, I just did it again. And by the time I got to the five-minute mark, I was like, man, I really killed myself on – probably 20 25 missed swings that so so that's technique so that's obviously i needed i probably had too much weight i probably should have been swinging 20 pounds um so what do you got to say about that that no that was, it was just your training you didn't you didn't uh you know like you, you trained and you probably said oh, i could do that for five minutes yeah, i mean five, i'm walking i i signed up for 40 I, i'll sign up for a 40 pound mace you know what i mean and uh, at Lionel's, I signed up for 40. Uh, I was supposed to be doing a 40 with those guys because they were doing 35. Yeah. I think, no, no, it was a 30. I think we were doing 30. It was either 30 or 35. I, think I, had a, I, I had to drop weight. I had to drop weight because I saw that the big guys came in doing less. I said, I'm going to do 40. I'm coming in at a lighter weight with them coefficiently. I should be able to beat them even though they got the size on me and I'm basically in the, you know, like I, I'm come, I'm in the under 210 pound class. That's where I'm supposed to compete. But I decided to take a shot against them. Um, for anybody who's listening to this, uh, do not go in there all geeked up on coffee like I did and uh, have the big guys run you into the ground because they made me throw up. So, I, and, and that's, that's true. That's, I, 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 I should have been DQ'd on that, but they, I think they counted me 146 for that. But, uh, you know, that should be disqualified because I put the mace down in the time frame. Um, so when you're when you get gas, that that's that's the problem is. So when you're doing the the training at your six minute, you're going to want to replicate really good swings you're, in the beginning. The reason why you start with a minute on and a minute off 
so that you can rest between sets. You can do 30 good swings in that minute. You know what I mean? Like you're, you, you want to get 30, 30 good swings, 35 good swings. If you're really good, 40 good swings in, in that minute and you want to replicate it and you want to be able to do this consistently. Cause like Fred was saying, like you were like, like Fred was like, you were saying is that, you know, if your form starts falling apart, you're judged. We didn't tell that to the people. So it's like a kettlebell competition where there's a judge in front of each athlete and, and the counter. And they're no repping you. Yeah. You know, and you can see that. And psychologically, it's like, you're like, that MRF is like no repping me on that crap. I was pulling that shit down to here. Yeah. You know, like if I didn't have Frank from Mace Fit as as my guy, I would have because he's an angel. So I trusted him. But if it was anybody else, I would have been like, You're you're fucking me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, you, you don't like me. You yeah. like them. You're helping. They pay you? Are the other <laughs> guys paying you? Crazy shit goes through your mind. It's like you're getting pummeled over the head with a mace. So, you know, who knows what you're thinking? Yeah. But that, but like you're saying, though, the most important thing is to be able to get out of that sprint and start not swing wildly. Your sprint has to be controlled. Your cruising speed has to be controlled. And your strategy when you're going in, you know, you got to figure out where is it going to benefit you? You might be an out of the gate sprinter and they just maintain your lead. You might be an end of the road sprinter. I like to mess with people. So I want to leave like that minute left at the end. So they're like, holy crap, he's putting up numbers. You know, yeah, like, yeah. I got to catch up and like watch them gas out because they're already tired. I got pretty good endurance. So that's why I go that way. Some other people like to do it in the middle and you don't have to do a 30 second sprint. You might be good enough to do a minute or a minute and a half sprint. Yeah. And this is like another- lock that out. Right. Block that out. Yeah. That, this is another um, important facet here to just to touch on, to get a perspective. When you're training up for something like this, you're learning about what your strengths and weaknesses are. And you just said you're an endurance guy. Okay. Well, then you're going to want to take that strength and use it to your advantage. Um, you know, everybody's different though. So you have to, you have to prepare, you have to have, like you said, you gave a time frame. start your training at this point and, you know, move slowly, but be like a, a scientist, right. And just check yes. off every box. Like, okay, how do I take advantage of my strengths? What do I do with my weaknesses? Um, and just plot along very carefully because that's what everybody else is doing anyway. Right. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of like they've got a strategy. You know, these people don't they're not doing it. They're just not going, oh yeah, I could swing a miss for five minutes, so I'm gonna go into a competition and I'm gonna do it. These guys are actually training for this stuff. In the beginning, it used to be it used to be just a fill-in for in between the kettlebell competitions with the uh the lead Yuri runs, the uh, American Kettlebell Alliance. So they were filling in. That's where Valerie, you know, started taking that over from there. Like she was the one that developed the whole vintage strength games and getting the mace competitions out there. I think the first time I was ever in a competition, I was against Will Calvani and uh, Joey Magarelli. And it was, it's the famous Tritalian picture, like all three of us up there on, on the, so we got Calvani, Joffredino and Magarelli up there swinging and we're swinging 15 pound maces. Believe it or not, I had to get off the platform at like two minutes and 30 seconds. I put my mace down and I walked off the platform. My hands just cramped up. I was just like, I was like, I never did. I never swung the mace that long before. This was in 2015. 
my hands were beat red and my lungs were on fire. On fire. It was it was, it was fantastic. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. So look, everybody that's listening right now, they already know how fantastic it is because they're training for this. Yes. And this is this is uh great information. I also see from just what you were saying, we, we're probably gonna have to come back again and do another one of these episodes talking about the same specific thing. I'll because, tell you how to add more weight. Yes, because how you can get your weights up. Yeah, we got to devote a whole episode to that because just, just as you were talking, it was revealed to me. I was like, this is something that we don't want to rush over um, no, because I, I, how you because th this is the technical aspect. It, the guy next to you could be swinging heavier. And if you are lighter, you could still. You could still yeah. So this is this is where it, where it gets good. This is where it becomes awesome. Yeah, so we got that going. And like to, to swing, to, let's put it this way. Uh, we had a, I'm not going to say who it was or where Jimmy was from, but he was down here on our, he was here in, in our area visiting and he said, hey, we got the competition coming up and uh, I wanted to train at your gym. I'm going to be here for a week doing work. And he says, uh, I, I want to do it. And this guy's a pretty strong guy and he's in his young 40s. And I was like, all right, you know, we got somebody to work with here. You know, guy's in shape. You know, he's built like a V. You know, he's, he can do damage, you know, when you're looking at him. And I was like, he, I was like, what are you planning on swinging? And he goes, uh, well, I never swung anything heavier than 20 pounds. And um, the nickname of the gym that Big Mike and Dave and, you know, people that come in, they call it the House of Monsters because we swing big. Like, so, you know, like, I, I mean, we're not swinging, uh, you know, like the Mastodon kit big yet, but, you know, like there's some classes like Big Mike and I are using 40 pound maces. Now, put that into perspective. I came into Lionel's competition. I mean, I was really leaned out when I was there and I was like 178 pounds and I was I was training to swing a 40 and I had a six minute flight I had a six minute practice set with the 40. And I put up good numbers with it, but I peaked about two weeks early. So oh. the weight aspect, all right, is just, it's kind of similar to powerlifting or Olympic lifting. You could peak in this. So I yeah. peaked about two weeks early and it, and, and I couldn't get that 40 pounds back again. So but, you, you have a, 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 a better system to do to be, based on what it's not training as long. All right. We're going to have to, do another episode yeah. and, and get into that. I got to, I got to figure that out because that's really this, what you just explained now is great. And believe me, everybody will be able to use this. But now that I'm thinking about it, holy shit, this weight thing, that could be the thing that makes or breaks you. So let's, let's, let's wrap this one up here. Thanks to everybody for, for tuning into the first Patreon with, with Don. Uh, he's going to be coming back much more often uh, to share this stuff. He knows the deal. He knows a lot of different athletes from all over the place. He just knows a ton of people. So wealth of knowledge here. I appreciate you uh, doing this, Don. And anybody, you know, if you want to grab yourself an Addix, go to addixclub.com. Uh, you know, in a little note, when you place your order, say, hey, I uh, heard you on the podcast, and Don will give you a thumbs up. And, uh, you know, just grab a club, grab a mace, do whatever. Have fun. Enjoy. Thanks. Fred. Thank you, man. Thank you. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. I'll